Hello and welcome to episode 189 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It's my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Saturday, May 14th, 2022. And today we're going to look at an article entitled Get to Work by Father John Zolsdorf pertaining to the readings from Holy Mass for this Sunday. And this was released just today, May 14th, 2022 at 1peter5.com. Father begins as follows. Our context for the fourth Sunday after Easter is, in the liturgical year, our preparation for the Ascension of the Lord. Sometimes the Feast of the Ascension Thursday is given short shrift, which is unfortunate. One could argue that transferring Ascension from Thursday to Sunday was intended to emphasize the feast by making it more accessible to a weekday working congregation. On the other hand, when bishops dissolved midweek obligations, transferring important moments such as Epiphany and Ascension Thursday, they almost certainly sent an unintended signal that our feasts are not worth sacrificing for. The, no doubt, pastoral intention has probably done more harm than good. However, with the Vitus Ordo, there is an option to observe Ascension Thursday on Thursday and to celebrate it as an external feast on Sunday. As mentioned last week, we are now into the second phase of the season of Easter. Our Mass formularies have shifted from their first emphasis, the Resurrection, now to the Ascension and Descent of the Holy Spirit. As with last week, we have for our Gospel reading another paracope from the Last Supper Discourse in John 16. It is straightforward reading. One point that might need clarification is the statement of the Lord that the prince of this world is already judged or else the ruler of this world is judged. The RSV version. I'm going to botch the spelling or excuse me, the pronunciation because I don't know Greek, but Father says the Archon Tuto Cosmo, Princeps Huius Mundi in Latin, is the devil. This image of Archon, Princeps, is in Matthew, when the Lord refers to Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. See Matthew 9.34, 12.24, Mark 3.22. In John 14.30, Christ says, the prince of this world is coming. He has no power over me. See also John 12.31. God alone is king. And if I could just interject for a moment, one thing that I really love to see when there were folks who were out campaigning for um, President Trump, having rallies for him in 2020 and thereafter, when the election was stolen from him, a lot of young men, men in their late teens, early 20s, high school, college age men out at these Trump rallies yelling, Christ is king, Christ is king, Christ is king. That was a beautiful thing to see. I'd like to see more of that in the future. This battle will not be won through economic means, through military means, through political means. This is a spiritual battle we're in. It will be won by the rosary. It will be won in the power and the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ through the intercession of Our Lady of Fatima, St. Joseph, and all the angels and saints. 
what's happening in the world with this diabolical disorientation can only be conquered through Jesus. But there are signs for hope. I was reading something online today about the fact that there has been over a five-week cease and airstrikes over Yemen, that horrible conflict which never gets talked about at all in mainstream media. You hear about nothing but the Ukraine. You don't hear anything about the fact that the American government has been complicit with the Saudi government in bombing and killing and starving to death untold numbers of people in Yemen, but that doesn't fit the narrative that they're trying to get across to you, so they just don't talk about it. So unless you go to websites like antiwar.com, you don't hear about it. Corporate media is very devious. Michael Malice said they're factual but not truthful. And if they don't want to be a, a story to be a story, they just don't report on it. So unless you go to uh, various internet websites that are outside of the mainstream. You know, you're not going to hear about it on CBS, NBC, the New York Times, things like that. You're just not going to know about it. But I-, I love the fact that young men were yelling, Christ is King. Beautiful to see. Father continues, the devil, as marvelous a creature as once he was before his fall, can never be a king of anything, but he can be a kind of prince or ruler. The fallen angels have a measure of domination over material creation, and they're also restrained by God. However, because of original sin, we too fell under the domination of the enemy of the soul. This is why in the ancient rites of baptism, there were exorcisms. This is why when priests bless certain objects, important sacramentals, There are exorcisms before the constitutive blessings. When Father blesses objects, he tears them away from the prince of this world and hands them over to the king, capital K. They are no longer for temporal or profane, profanum, outside the sacred place, use. They are sacred objects deserving respect. The newfangled book of blessings, contrary to the older traditional rituale romanum, explicitly seeks to eliminate the distinction between invocative blessings, a calling down of God's favor here and now, and constitutive blessings, rendering a place, thing, or person sacred. It seems to me that when we eliminate, say, the Leonine prayers after low mass, invoking St. Michael the Archangel, and we eliminate constitutive blessings, we are cruising for spiritual bruising. Look around. The epistle reading this week is like last Sunday from one of the Catholic epistles, the letter of James, that is James the Just, the brother of the Lord, son of Alphaeus, who was the first bishop in Jerusalem. This Catholic, quote, doesn't refer sectarian differences between Catholics and heretic Protestants or separated Orthodox. Greek Catholicos is a compound of kata and holos, meaning according to the whole. So the, quote, Catholic epistles or less letters were not written to a specific community, as were Romans or 1 and 2 Corinthians. They were written to a wider readership, such as a modern-day papal encyclical might be. As a matter of fact, the letter of James begins, to the twelve tribes and the dispersion, that is, to Jews of the diaspora scattered around the ancient world. James was a disputed writing in the ancient church. It was acknowledged that it contained good and holy things, 
But at first there was debate about whether it was a writing inspired by God. Even centuries after the canon, roughly table of contents, of inspired writings was established, renegade theologians fought against James and denied its divine inspiration. The most famous of these was Martin Luther, who infamously called James an epistle of straw. Luther came to espouse a Sulfidian teaching about justification, sola fide, by faith alone. James 2.24 says a man is justified by works and not by faith alone, or better from the Greek, not by faith only. Luther renders James into German as, and here you get to see my wonderful German, nicht durch den Glauben allein, not by faith alone. Against his rendering of James, Luther pitted Romans 3.28, a man is justified by faith apart from works of law. Luther, in his German translation, inserted a word alone, allein durch den Glauben, through faith alone. Luther, seeing that James undermined his Solophedian notions, declared that James had, quote, no evangelical character. When others protested, Luther responded in 1530 in his Senbrief vom Dolmetschen, his open letter to translating, quote, if your papist makes much useless fuss about the word sola, elein, Tell him at once, Dr. Martin Luther will have it so, and says, Papist and donkey are one thing, sic volo, sic jubeo, sit pro ratione voluntas, for we do not want to be pupils and followers of the papists, but their masters and judges. The word alain shall remain in my New Testament, and though all Pope donkeys, Peps Diesel, should get furious and foolish, they shall not turn it out, end quote. That Interpolated Latin is from Satire 6 of Juvenal, by which Luther mocked popes. I will it, I command it, my, reason, my will is reason enough. By the way, it is also in Satire 6 that we find the phrase, quis custodiet ipsos custodes, who will guard the guards? That's custodes as in traditionis custodes. The Latin underscores that when the enforcers of morals are themselves corrupt, it is nigh on impossible to maintain morality. And if I could just add this for a moment, the late great father Nicholas Gruner, may his wonderful soul rest in peace, used to talk about in the Old Testament the worst punishment that the Lord gives people is a wicked clergy, wicked priests. That's something to ponder. For example, if bishops crack down on traditional liturgical worship in the Vedas Ordo and then allow all manner of Novus Ordo hijinks to go on, by what right should they expect to be obeyed regarding the crackdown? Perhaps the answer is found in the seat of Moses of Matthew 23, 1 through 3. I wonder what Dr. Luther would have thought of Francis. Francis trotted out Dr. Luther rather publicly for the 500th anniversary of the Protestant revolt, putting up his statue in the Paul VI audience hall and put Luther and Protestant hardliner Philip Schwarzert, or Black Earth in Greek, in Greek Melanchthon, on a Vatican post stamp. Curious. The Sunday reading from James begins with a reference to the immutability of God, calling him the Father of Lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Verse 17. Every gift that is good comes from him. We might conclude that if the gift is not good, it is probably from the prince of this world. James then brings in how God is the creator. Of his own will, 
He brought us forth by the word of truth, verse 18. He then presents key elements of Christian behavior. Let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rank growth of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls, verses 19 through 21. How many sins could we avoid if we would bridle our tongues and stay cool under provocation? Do not act impulsively, but consider your words and actions. Stay close to the sacraments and use sacramentals well to reduce the influence of the soul's enemy. Amen to that. I think of the number of times in my life, to my shame, where I've shot my mouth off about something before I got all the facts or allowed myself to become angry for no reason. It wasn't a righteous anger, it was a selfish anger. And that's wrong. We need to be three C's in our spiritual life. Cool, calm, and collected. There is a time and a place for anger. We saw our Lord's righteous anger when he overturned the tables in the temple and chased after the men there with uh, a whip he had fashioned. So as Catholics, we don't preach pacifism. There is a time and a place to fight back, but as G.K. Chesterton said, the only defensible war is a war of defense. So let's always try to seek out peace first and foremost. Father continues, Alas, the reading ends there and does not go on with verses 22 through 27. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who observes his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But he who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer that forgets, but a doer that acts, he shall be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this man's religion is vain. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Faith without works is dead. James 2.17 We were all brought into this world according to God's plan. We all have something to do. Discern, get to work, and to clarify your spiritual view and straighten out your head and heart as part of your discernment, go to confession. Amen to that. Oremos. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Prayer for the hastening of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. O Immaculate Heart of Mary, Holy Mother of God and our tender mother, look upon the distress in which the whole of mankind is living due to the spread of materialism, godlessness, and the persecution of the Catholic faith. In our own day, the mystical body of Christ is bleeding from so many wounds caused within the church by the unpunished spread of heresies, the justification of sins against the sixth commandment, the seeking of the kingdom of earth rather than that of heaven, the horrendous sacrileges against the most holy Eucharist, and especially through the practice of communion in the hand, and the Protestant shaping of the celebration of the Holy Mass. Amidst these trials appeared the light of the consecration of Russia to thine immaculate heart by the Pope, in union with the world's bishops. In Fatima, thou didst request the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays of the month, 
implore the divine son to grant a special grace to the Pope that he might approve the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. May Almighty God hasten the time when Russia will convert to Catholic unity. Mankind will be given a time of peace and the church will be granted an authentic renewal in the purity of the Catholic faith, the sacredness of divine worship, and the holiness of Christian life. O Mediatrix of all graces, O Queen of the Most Holy Rosary and our sweet Mother, turn thine eyes of mercy towards us and graciously hear this, our trusting prayer. Amen. Prayer to St. Joseph for Purity by Father Calloway. And of course, the previous prayer was by Bishop Schneider. St. Joseph, strong spiritual father, defend me against sins of the flesh. Jesus said, Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. St. Joseph, terror of demons, protect me from lust, immoral desires in my heart, and impure actions in my body. Help me not to offend God. Here and now I chain myself to you and sacrifice everything for the good, the true, and the beautiful. I love you, St. Joseph, and I thank you for being my spiritual father. Amen. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis, sancti Joseph, terra daimonem, ora pro nobis. In nomine Patris, et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, folks, for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know, and please pray for the eternal salvation of Pope Francis. Goodbye, and God love you.